Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. and I are here with her show, Neon Twilight. And all of you, I know most of you have have been here before, and I did want to just point out the fact that Solaris is one of the most extraordinary people out there. Her background and her knowledge and her wisdom are absolutely unbelievable. She has two shows on Revolution Radio, and she comes here and visits with, with me every, well, it's usually the last Sunday, but we skew it around a lot. But once a month, Solaris and I get to sit and talk. And I can't, I can't think of a more warm, spiritual person to share information with than Solaris. She always surprises me. I always learn something. This is one of the shows where I always have pen and paper by me because she'll, she'll say something that I either have to look into, check out, or make sure that I absorb it so that I can share it with other people as well. So without further ado, this is her show, actually. It's Neon Twilight, and she is the host. So let me welcome the host to her own show. Welcome, Solaris. Well, thank you, Barbara. And I guess you're my co-host, so it's kind of our show. It's morphed into our show. (laughs) And I'm so happy to be here. I look forward to this every month, too. And and just, uh, you're the same. I mean, your energy is so beautiful and lovely, and it's really a pleasure to, to brainstorm with you. So thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Oh, well, you know, it's it's ever since I met you a gazillion years ago, and it was a long, long time ago. How long have you been on the radio now? Gosh, I don't know, at least 12 years, at least. Seems yeah, like I'm, long I'm, ago, I'm, doesn't it? Well, it, well, it, it seems a lot longer, but it's. I've only been on the air <clears throat> with with Nightlight for 15 years, but wow. I think I met you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I met you 
before the, I was on uh, Walks with Thunder program. I was his one of his co-hosts, and mm-hmm. I think I I ran into you at the very beginning. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's totally possible. Where along the way we we met, I don't know, but I have always always thought it would be so cool to have you on Nightlight and. Then when I went over to Freedom Slips and you were at Freedom Slips, we started talking more, but we had always traded back and forth. So um, as far as being on each other's show, and, you know, when when your one radio station went down and then you moved over to have both your shows on Freedom Slips, you know, it was I put the offer out there, and, and, you know, if ever you decide to bring one of them or both over, that's great. But but what's so special about you is that we really seem to share kind of the same kind of people we bring onto the show. So it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's even better when we can share people that, that we have interviewed. But um, I am so excited to finally get back to it. It's almost like when... When the year started in, everything sort of got, I don't know, smushed together. The energy got so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's taken me, you know, we're into February now, and I'm still trying to catch up. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's, 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 I had such a wonderful flow getting into, oh, probably, you know, yeah, September, October, November. There was, it, it just, everything seemed to click, and then, after the new year, it was like, holy, holy cow, everything seems so strange. And mm-hmm. and I think it, it's the energy that's going on in the universe and certainly on the planet. There's a lot of, the, you know, this is a time when there's a lot of um, stress going on on all different levels in all different places. So so it, it, it just is, has given me, it's taken me longer to get my footing than I than ever before, and maybe because I'm getting old, I don't know, but I don't think that's it. But, no, I think it's the atmosphere. Yeah, it's the same thing here. Although I, when I thought about the new year, I thought, well, everything's going full speed ahead now in a different formula. But it seemed like everything was just weird. The weather patterns have been very, very strange. That has been noticed, and especially with the, like the frozen pipes, I had all kinds of issues with the super cold temperatures, and then we just had a ton of snow again. I know it's winter, but still, it seems like it's sporadic and very strange, almost weaponized. So we have that going on. And, yeah, it just seemed like things weren't working properly. Little things were going on. You know, just just strange, just oh, a little yeah. strange, almost like a little inertia. Well, you know, I'm in, I'm in Tennessee, and we don't usually get, you know, snow and all of that sort of stuff. I had a frozen pipe, too. It, it flooded my mm. kitchen and my garage, and it was like, hey. what the hey? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was my fault. I didn't unscrew the hose, and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I mean, the frozen pipe was my fault. Well, and the weather, but um, you know, it, it really <clears throat> set me back for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had I had um, I had looked forward to our topic tonight so much that it, it ticked me off that we sort of had to sh- shovel it around and move it around, but we're here. <laughs> and, well, you know, sometimes our topics are, are unusual, and this is a good one because mm-hmm. I think so. 
I'm no, I'm noticing there are a lot more books on past lives. There are um, TV serials on past lives, on you know going into past lives and losing people and trying to find them and stuff like that. And and for some reason, there's a. It, do you, have you noticed there's a resurgence in the interest of past lives in in all in all phases of life these days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, definitely. Whether they're seeking some aspect of them from a lost, long forgotten timeline or something, yeah, that's going on, no doubt. And that correlates to time travel too. Once again, so you're still looking at the formula of being multidimensional, but but kind of living simultaneously in between the realms. And I'm wondering how much of that is an access to another lifetime from a previous lifetime versus the future. Yeah, that's a good point. I know I have met in my life one or two people that I just know I have known in a past life. I can't, I can't really, you know, figure out what it is, but there is something there that, that is so strong that it's, you know, usually, if if a friendship doesn't work or something like that, you can kind of drift away. But there are some some people that just don't drift, and then you have to sit and say, okay, there's a past life connection here of some sort. What issue are we working out that I can focus on so that I can not bring it to to the next life with me? Mm-hmm. And you know, right. so so it it's sort of like. You know, they so many people joke about them, and yet the element of of having lived probably millions of past lives over time. Um, you know, what's the point to it? Mm-hmm. Right. And, well, acquiring and, data. And, yeah. It's and, a great library. <laughs> are. <laughs> Yeah, probably, partially, but when you think of the fact that it's it's millions of years, and and okay, you've got a you've got a spirit in you that is that is traveling through time, that is learning from every single one of these past lives, and mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a point to them in that each each past life gives you the opportunity to work on new and different concepts that will enrich you as you as you move forward in time theoretically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what happens what happens i wonder though with the um, those that that are not of a spiritual ilk this lifetime and i guess i'm focused kind of on criminals Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 we are all learning something, is a criminal really learning something from a past life? Yeah, that's sketchy. I don't think so. You know, honestly, I find that if people are that saturated in evil and what I call entity control, I don't think there's any future for them in any formula. Uh, I don't. I, I find that they tend to go extinct or or into some kind of a phantom realm. It just seems to me like there's nothing there. There's no light. There's no consciousness. There's no connection to what I call source. Um, so, you know, without being too harsh in judgment, it's just an observation. But to me, I don't think there is a future, and that's why it's, it's important for people to get on the right track 
And, and also, what is, what is the attraction to being violent or what is the attraction to being a criminal? You have to ask yourself, what is it? And what is it that's so, you know, exciting, I guess? You know, a lot of people get pulled into those, those dark waters, and I never understood that. But there's a lot of it now here on the timeline. It's horrible. Well, I know. I'm, <clears throat> I'm watching, you know, I watch the news, and I see, <clears throat> excuse me, I see the violence. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially in this country with, with you know, riots and the grab and, grab and sla- slam and grab or whatever it is. I mean, I don't understand what would, obviously, see, I believe all, all spirits were created at the same time and sent on a journey. So if that's the case, then then why would one be so um, dedicated to not be loving and kind and giving and sharing. And, mm-hmm. and, and you see it all the time. And, and yet in poorer communities, you see people being gracious and sharing and, and, you know, helping each other out. So, I mean, so just because people don't have a lot doesn't mean that they're going to, 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 to become violent. So mm-hmm. right. what what is it in a person that that makes them want to cheat and 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 to rob and to in many cases you know take someone's life but what what is the what's the purpose what's that doesn't make sense to me and yet mm-hmm. they're here so, so i right. mean that they are physically here on this planet says to me there's got to be a purpose well, yeah, I find it's all a byproduct of social conditioning. I think it's an environmental condition that these people, once again, input output in the computer of the brain. You know, they, that's how they've been programmed. And without a stabilization with what I call cosmic source or higher self or spirit or soul, then they're just kind of vacant. They're vacant bodies. So that's that's right there primed for takeover. You know, that's what I'm seeing. And, and at what point do they get rede- redemption? Um, I don't think they do get redemption unless they really seek it and, and expel whatever's going on in them. So, and I'm not even talking religious. I'm just saying doing the spirit work, spiritual work or doing something that's going to help uh, deprogram them from what's going on. Because it's, I understand when you have to fight for something, I mean, any, like in revolutionary times or you, know, when you have to stand up at some point, you have to stand up. But, but there's something else happening here where it's, it's not about that. It's, it's not even about freedom. It's just about doing it like because they want to, because there's no repercussions and, and apparently there's no connection to creation, so they feel like there's not going to be any uh, punishment, so to speak. Well, that, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, if, if, you're not, if you don't have a belief system that talks of moving on or moving forward or going home or any of that, then, then there's, no, um, <clears throat> there's no reason to not be vicious and mean and, and do ugly things. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, but, yeah, but, no in of, but in a lot of cases, I'm seeing that, that a lot of the violence, especially that, that, you know, I've been seeing on the news, is young kids who, you know, they've gone to places where there's there's no, you know, they get arrested, but they walk out and they don't have to, you know, I mean, it, it's nothing. There's mm-hmm. no consequence. Right. And and 
I think that isn't it isn't it part of our responsibility of us as a society to create the consequence of the action. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it's become more political now to a point where the criminals seem to get away with anything, and the people that are innocent are the ones that are getting you know sent up the river or down the river. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had recently we've been with the HOA we've we've we had a an issue with one of the people here and and every time we we legally took action you know the, the this other person was was directed to do something or whatever but they didn't and there was no consequence <laughs> and it, it it got to the mm. point where I com- I complained to my son I said I have finally gotten to the point where at least with some of these civil things, the the law is protecting the criminal and not not the not the person who's trying to be honest. And mm-hmm. you know, he laughed and he said, "No, no, there are consequences." And I said, "I we've spent three years and I haven't seen any here." So, but but wow, you know, it it's just it's it's sort of like I look at humanity as a whole. And I know that we are a race that that is very diversified, but but we have the same components, you know. Theoretically, there's a spirit in everyone. Theoretically, there's a sense of good and 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 love and peace and all of that. There, there's there's that in everybody. How do we find it in those people that don't seem to want to look? How do we convince them to look for it? Mm-hmm, right. Yeah, you it's know, hard, hard and, to say. Well, and, and, you know, when you look at past lives, um, you know, I, I can probably, could probably say I've had a past life as a teacher or as a, a spiritual person or as an, an artist of some sort in past lives because those are talents that, that I have touched into this lifetime. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, I've not had the curiosity to go and look back at past lives, to tell you the truth. Um, Mm-mm. All right. Mm-hmm. But, but if people want to get a look at where their, their children have come from, that's very easy because in the first three to four years of life, children bring with them the interests and the talents and the gifts that they had in the last lifetime. And mm-hmm. if you recognize those and support them, they can be avenues that the child can use for strength and all sorts of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was really lucky with, with my mother because... She was very into my being creative, and I, I think the thing that that um, that illustrates this the most is when when I was really really young, she could I, w- I would she could occupy me for hours. You know those paper doilies they put bakery goods on. Mm-hmm. She used to get tons of those and sit me down with my watercolors. And I would paint the doilies, and oh, wow. in a way, it, it would it would occupy me for hours. And 
Later on in life, of course, I did Mandela's. I know. I and, that. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I it, it took me a while to to really make that connection, but I mean, I can remember sitting there for hours and hours, and you know, they, they you just peeled them because there were so many, so you you know, there was no running out of mm-hmm. them. And <clears throat> my mother used to just tape them up on the windows so that we had snowflakes all over the place. It was really, it was kind of fun That's and nice. very cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. And I would, I would, um, I, I taught my my cats and dogs. They would all go to school, and eventually I became a teacher. And mm-hmm. and and then when somebody died, I had a funeral service, and I got ordained as a minister. So, I mean, but those were things that I brought with me into this life, so that they were things that I have flowed easily. Um, in and towards, and I've been very fortunate to be able to um, to sort of use them as a as a as a jumping board. And the the only thing that mm-hmm. I haven't done that I that I know at some point in time, I played the piano, hmm. and I have always wanted to play the piano, and I had lessons for maybe six months once, and that was it. But even even to this day, I can find myself, you know, playing a keyboard on a tabletop where there's there's no keys, um, and you know that that may be something I take into the next life. I don't know. Do you have anything mm-hmm. like that, that that you can relate to? Um, I think it's music. I think music playing. Uh, I was naturally attuned to music as a child, and the illusion of child, I should say. But but I always could play instruments by ear. So I had a good ear for music. Uh, played the flute. But I was uh, able to play keyboards, too, or piano, and, and pick up on instruments fairly easily. And of course, I think the biggest gift uh, was just seeing between the realms. I mean, being hypersensitive to energy and seeing what was uh-huh. going on. That was very, very prominent. Um, also, just being able to see people in other timelines. I think we might have had that conversation before, but I can remember being very young and always doing readings for people. They always want me to read for them, and I was young. I mean, you know, asking my advice about stuff, or then I'd see somebody in another timeline and I'd see them in a whole different outfit, like from another time period. And I'd say something to them. I'd say, yeah, I have a resonance with that. And I don't know if I'm just saying the suggestion, but it was interesting for me to see how people would shapeshift. Or I would see them just for a brief moment in another outfit, like something from another realm. So, you know, I think that's part of it. I think that um, the work that I'm doing, writing, uh, that's, I've always been, I'd always been very good at reading early as a, as a, as a little girl. So I would have to say, uh-huh. um, yeah, things like that. So that, those are my, I guess that's my skill set. Well, part of it anyway. So then I got in more to the martial arts and, and that sort of thing. I got older. But I think we in, embrace all of those. I think all those components are part of us as we exist simultaneously. Some are past lifetime, but some, in my opinion, I think are future lifetime and almost like training for the new, the, where we're heading off planet, where we're heading as we integrate uh-huh. into a whole different realm. So that's just my perception. That could be. I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense. I think I mm-hmm. think that if people sit down and, and take a look at themselves and, you know, what what do they do that, that you know, um, that, what's their happy place? Where do they go mm-hmm. in their happy right. place? Whether it's, whether it's cooking or drawing or, or reading or what, whatever. And, you know, everybody's got them. And, and it's a matter of you know, sitting back and and figuring out just what things that 
give you pleasure that you do that that don't bring money but but give you pleasure and mm-hmm. i think that that you know it's i think the only time i i i went for a past life regression with a hypnotist um once and um the only thing that i got out of the whole thing and and you know it may be you know, some people could be hypnotized and some people can't be, and, and I'm not sure which I am. I, I think I'm a can't, but but I have had a recurring vision of being in a Viennese ballroom, dancing a Viennese waltz, swirling around. I can smell the candles. I can feel the the material against my skin. I can feel the swoop of the music. And then, I, then it's gone. But, but down oh. to the fact that the, the dress was blue and there was lace on it, and you know the whole thing. And I had sapphires and diamonds on. I mean, you know, the whole thing. I, I see the whole thing in the blink of an eye. And wow. um, can't figure that out. Did you ever pursue that? Like, you know how you remote view. I wonder if it's worth the look, insofar as just dialing in. And seeing what that is about and where it leads. That that might be something really that, that you know, in, in my spare time. Um, yeah. I mean, you would be <laughs> under hypnosis. It's just a matter of just being, you know, just lucid in the experience oh, yeah. of information. I mean, I think, I think I know my partner, but I can't place them in my life yet. Mm-hmm. Um you know and and it's and i'm wondering if as soon as i make that connection if the whole thing just completes itself and goes away it's it feels like it's more a reminder of something than anything else mhm and a very it sounds like joyful a joyful moment too oh yeah did you feel that yeah I'd it seems like uh, it, i would you know? i would i'd kill for the jewelry i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right bling bling baby <laughs> You know, it's funny, too, and and it seems like in a lot of lifetimes, if you really go into that realm, it's either trauma that people remember, the trauma, or it's something very, very blissful. It's one or the other, usually. Yeah, well, this was was a blissful one, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it just, it's it's sort of like, again, a piece of a past life. Um, And have you ever done anything that you weren't taught that you knew how to do without being taught. And because that brings reading. forward another. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reading for sure, because they never really showed me, but I was able to just pick up books and adult books, not children's books and just read. Um, drawing was another one that I was really good at, although I don't think I'm much of an artist, but I was able to adapt. Uh, and I think for the most part, it's, I have a gnosis I've always had, where I'm able to decode information, especially when it comes to physics type stuff, um, science, advanced sciences, which I've never really studied formally, not the way people study, um, but I'm able uh-huh. to decode everything really well. Um, like I've been teaching my entire life, that kind of thing. So I think that's part of it. I think there's some things there that linger, whether they're from wherever they come from. Um, there's definitely a database of information. Well, uh <clears throat> You've had a past life at Scarabray. Where? Scarabray. <laughs> Scotland? Oh. Ireland oh, in there Scotland. Someplace. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. 
and and you were one of the wise people that came to teach the people spirituality. Well, that makes sense. Is that what you're getting? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, now, you know, my ancestors on my mother's side are from Scotland, so that's very interesting. I kept seeing, I uh, kept hearing Scarabray. Um, wow. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's okay, it's a, it's a Neolithic, it's a Neolithic settlement um, on the, on an Orkney Island. Hmm. And it's, it, it goes way, way back. Okay. Okay, it's. Okay, it was founded in thirty-one, three thousand one hundred and eighty BC. To to, it was founded about five thousand two hundred and four years ago. Okay. Wow. And Scarabray is where. Um, the 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 wisest of the villagers were sent to be taught by a trinity of wise people for a period of time and they they the, I know one was a tall white one was a very small person and I forget what the third was and they would come and teach for a period of time and then they would leave and then they finally didn't come anymore but oh, they wow. were where they were the wisdom healers that taught the people the the healing and what they needed. Yes, Scarabray. S K A R A B R A E. Well, thank you, Mark Eddy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's so oh, cool. He, did, I resonated with that. Ca- I've never heard of that. Yeah, he did. He texted it. There's a book about just, it. <clears throat> oh wow! How wonderful. Well, I'll definitely I have to read who, into it. But that makes a yeah, lot of sense. I, I, yeah, I kept hearing Scarabray. Um, well, I'll definitely look into that. Thank you. Yep. Oh, That's no problem. Cool. Yeah, it, so it cute. was not my. <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the tall I've never ones. heard of it too. Oh God! What's it's, that? It's an amazing. It's you know it, it's 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 a magical place. The the um, the stonework is still there. It was it was uncovered in I don't know a number of years ago, and um, when they when they excavated it, they found that they had they even had toilets in it. They had I mean it's it's in a really primitive place. Um, 1850, a storm hit Scotland, and um, and the the, it, the storm stripped the earth from these this knoll and and there was a a whole a whole little city there kind of town city whatever mm. um and and it's it's really amazing it's magical and the teaching that went on there was was amazing because it was teaching that was that was done um intuitively it wasn't done you know i mean it was very primitive obviously 5000 years ago so it was it was it was 
um, intuitively shared with and taught to the people from the towns and villages that came to learn, and then they were sent back, and the wise people disappeared, and then they would come back again, I don't know how often, but but on a pretty regular basis, and people were came, you know, people were sent from all over to be taught there and then take the teaching back to their villages. Wow, that's fascinating. Very interesting. I, it's funny, I've never heard of that. Have you interviewed anybody about that? Anybody who's yeah. written a book on it or no? You have. Yeah, there's cool. a book. There's a book on it. Um, mm-hmm. I, par- nice. Partially. Um, Mark, do you know? <laughs> um, yeah, he does. He's texting. Here he is on Skype. Well, he says the Orkney Islands structures were earlier than Stonehenge. Wow. Thank you, Mark. That's pretty yeah. fascinating. Yeah, let me see. Scarabray. Yeah, no, it, 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 you were one of those teachers for sure. You were there. Um, Scarabray. He said Laird Scranton wrote on it. Or yeah. Yes, he did. He did. That that name. Very good. Thank right you, Mark. There. He's quite the scholar, Mark. Too. Well, he's really good at remembering stuff. You know, I mm-hmm. I lose I lose stuff pretty easily. He can. He can usually pull me back onto track. He's a good cosmic librarian. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's really sharp on that stuff. Mm -hmm. Every now and then I will say to him, is there a reason I'm not going to call this author or not? And he'll he'll tell me what the reason is. (laughs) Oh, how funny. Um, (laughs) No, no, he's he's amazing. He's He's got an amazing mind. Um, and and he does Uh-oh. he does. Uh oh. No, he just sent me a text. Because I want my pay quadruple for doing the show prep. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, no problem. Just just get That's a hold of the treasurer and tell her I told her it was okay. Because um, the author is usually dead. <laughs> He's on a roll. <laughs> He's funny. No, that's true. That's true. Is I it? find books that I oh my god! I find so many books that I think would be wonderful, and only to find out that the author is dead. And well, no, that wait I a minute. Dual- Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Are you there? I you know I think I may do a whole series of shows on <clears throat> the author's dead, but I read the book anyhow, and yeah. and talk about some of these books because their titles are so fabulous. Or, right, and or, you can also every, almost kind of channel it. You can almost interview the, those authors in the different realm and see how it comes in, see what they would say. I think that would be that's kind of fascinating. It would be. I think about it. would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm, scheduled through, I'm scheduled through July, but I, I might do that because there are there are some books that I just really dearly want to read but the author's not around anymore, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to pontificate on their work, but but maybe I do. You know, maybe I want to put my two cents worth in. Yeah, I would kind of look at that. I actually think that's something about it that seems, uh, because they're in another state of being, in my opinion, so maybe you'll kind of just dial in and see what happens. Oh, yeah, and like you, the hmm. one, the one author that... that now I don't know. I haven't looked at any of the books that he's written, but 
um, I've studied him as an artist is Nicholas Rorick, and mm. he died in, in I, I think forty-seven. But he traveled in the Himalayas and Tibet on donkey, and um, mm. he and his wife helped to found the Theosophical Society. Oh wow! And um, he there's a there's a museum in New York City that that has a lot of his work hanging in it. And um I did go there once. I got yelled at a lot. Um because I had read so much about him and so much about his traveling in the Himalayas and and um he was definitely into the to the Buddhism or the Bon and he he was a very spiritual person and his paintings are all in tempera, which are watercolor. And, oh, nice. And he had canvases, I guess, rolled up that, that the donkeys carried, and, and, you know, he would stop in places and paint. And for anybody that wants to see magnificent, beautiful, beautiful stuff, his paintings are just absolutely gorgeous. And um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Clare Prophet used his paintings um in some of her books to illustrate um to illustrate you know what she was she was writing about and um and in his journeys this is this is for sure this is for true this is not barbara making this up in his travels he went to a um cuz i did read a whole book on his whole life and stuff too um he went to one of one of the the Tibetan monasteries that are way up in in the tops of the mountains there, and it, they had a kind of a guest book, and one of hmm. the visitors to that particular temple was Jesus. Wow! And they they brought it out and showed it to him. So so, um, yeah. I mean the 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 strength and the beauty of his work is just absolutely unbelievable um if anybody wants to r o r rick i c k i c h i think nicholas Rorick, yeah Rorick is r o e i r o e r i c h nicholas Rorick. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, it's the paintings just absolutely, um, they, they, they capture you and, and, you know, you, you can feel the magic and you can feel the, um, mysticism there. And of course he and his wife found, helping to found, find, found <laughs> the, uh, philosophical society too. He was partially responsible mm-hmm. for the um the the um all seeing eye on the dollar bill and he was oh, really? uh, partial par- partially responsible for during wartime especially in um in uh during wartime they had markings on the roofs of hospitals so that the planes and the agreement that the planes would not bomb them oh, so really? 
unbelievable mystical man. I sent you a, a link to some of his paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank you. I love pastels and the watercolors. I really like. But uh, don't know how we got to this topic, but but um, well, we always past do this. Life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, we'll wander around a while. Um, but uh, yeah, and you know another case of. Here's here's a very talented man who came into life. His father wanted him to be a lawyer or a physician, and he he ended up designing um, the costumes for one of the ballets. Or mm-hmm. I think he 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 designed sets. He he was just an amazing man. He strange looking, I might add. He was Russian, I believe. But um, mm-hmm. you know he he embraced the. Uh, Tibetan dress and everything, and his his wife the same, and um, so anyhow they're, they're in their museum. Anybody in New York who wants to go check it out, go because um, it's not it's not a um, a museum that is well trafficked, so that you know you really have a chance to really be able to sit with these paintings and just look at them. And of course, I got yelled at because I had to touch them. And oh, I'm like that you know, too. Don't they have, I had to don't they have them roped yeah. off, Barbara? <laughs> Not enough. Really roped off. Okay. I did that once with some kind of an Aztec thing. It was a long, long time ago. But it felt the energy, the vibration when I touched it. It was amazing. I had to touch it. Couldn't help it. There was a there is a monastery in in New York City. <clears throat> right on the edge of the city and they have um they have a lot of you know, old stuff there. But they had a tapestry of a unicorn. And um, this was another case of got yelled at and kicked out. Had to touch it. <laughs> had to touch it. I mean, <laughs> um, they, you know, they were they were very nice about asking me to leave, but they did ask me to leave. Um, Why? Just because you touched it? Oh. Yeah, it was a huge tapestry. And, and the mm-hmm. unicorn was not the kind of unicorn that that I think about. You know, I think of a of a great white stallion with a horn on its head. And and the at the time that this tapestry was created, which which was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there you know uh, a unicorn with a a goat head actually with a, mm-hmm. you know a horn. So. It was definitely not the pretty unicorn that I would think of, but but yeah, right, originally yeah. the the unicorn was not the kind of animal that we think about, you know, with like a Pegasus or anything. Mm-hmm. Unicorns, I think I think they're described actually in the Bible, and they're a pretty ugly animal. Is that right? Huh? Yeah. I always no, think I of them know. as the pretty ones too. Yeah. Hmm. Does, does the Bible describe unicorn? Because I think, no, it doesn't give us a concrete description. Hmm. It, it just, they're just mentioned in a general sense. Right. Well, I like the way they look now. <laughs> but yeah, I love unicorns. Yeah. They're beautiful. Well, yeah, 
you know, if you're if you're talking about um, it, yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh, it says here, um, the King James Version of the Bible uses the term unicorn in several passages. All of these references seem to refer to a well-known wild animal, probably of the ox species. Hmm. Like I said, they 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 weren't originally pretty, so it's kind of like you know, okay, it's logical they missed they missed the ark, but um, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, it, it would. But but yeah, I think that's that's one of the things about when you when you're near something that has an energy. You know, there are lots of there are lots of paintings and 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 you know. Um, reliquary you know you know old old stuff that is just old old stuff but some Mm -hmm. some of this stuff some of the paintings some of the the symbols and things like that some of the um objects uh you know you 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 just feel the need to reach out and touch them and that's Mm -hmm. that's how i felt with with his with his paintings for sure he wrote a lot too. He wrote a lot of spiritual stuff, and they have a lot of their writings that are that are there for sale at the at the museum. But um, mm, it's a beautiful, nice. beautiful museum, and it's in a brownstone, and it's you know very unobtrusive, and it's right by, as I recall, it's it's kind of right by one of the rivers that surrounds um, New York, and. Um, it was hard to find, but uh, when we found it, it was just, it, you know, you walk in and, and you feel the age and you feel the, you feel the spiritual stuff that's there. And, and it's, it's, it's very quiet and, mm. you know, you just know there's something very special here. You, I mean, you go into the Metropolitan Museum and it's different. And while they've got mm-hmm. stuff that, that, I would love to touch. They, they 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 have it all behind glass. There's no way you can get close enough to it to to really mm-hmm. suck it in. But um, it it just this was a this was a, a special place that that I would go back to. And mm-hmm. and you know I I am a New Yorker at heart. Not I didn't grow up in the city, but I I was born in New York and very close to the city most of the time I lived there and. Um, I, I wouldn't voluntarily go there now because it's so different. But um, I would definitely, I would, I would. There, there are some things that I would like to touch. If you could think of anything in history, object-wise, that you could touch and not get in trouble for, um, discovered or not, but what would it be? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm, I'm really big on moon rocks and stuff like that, so <laughs> it has to be something like that, a moon rock. Hmm. But I think yeah, but a moon. What's that? I mean, a moon rock would would kind of be easy though. I mean, make it hard. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't know. To be honest with you, there's so many things out there. What would you pick? Well, I, I'd like to touch the Spear of Destiny. 
oh, that's cool, but they never found that, right? Yeah, well, they think they have. Well, mm. I know there's a fake and there's a real one, so I don't know which is, you know, but, but yeah, I think they did find that. I'd, I'd also like to touch um, the um, the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that'd if, be all right. I mean, um, I'd like to, but but more than the Ark, I would like to touch the breastplate that the priest had to wear because it had those 12 gems in it. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't mind rubbing my fingers across those 12 gems because they, they must speak volumes as as far as energetics and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see what else would I love to touch. Um, I'd like to... I, I, it's funny. Um, I wouldn't mind touching the Hope Diamond. I don't want to wear it, oh, but I'd great. like to touch it. Like to touch mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, I, there are there are. Of course, everything is you know. Hope Diamond probably is not within the realm of possibilities, nor the others. But um, the Spear of Destiny, I would really like to touch. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Because I I know that that you know. The nail that they say was on the true cross, you know, you don't know if Helena really, really found it or not. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't, you don't know. I would, oh, I know, I, I would love to touch. Hmm, yeah, that would be interesting, just to get the vibe off of it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because yeah, there for some are things reason, out there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for some reason, there's something about the energy in something that if you can touch it, you know, mm-hmm. you you get a charge of some sort from it. Yeah, it communicates. Yeah, it's almost like an interface. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That's why I'm like that too. You know, I can I can draw the energy in, but it is nice to handle it, see what it's about. Isn't there a curse on the Hope Diamond though? Oh. Oh yeah. Anybody who wears okay. it dies, yeah, or or their oh, life falls apart. So you wouldn't wear it. Yeah, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, I, I, I just... Well, there's a DeLong Ruby, too, that's in um, the Museum of Natural History, along with um, mm-hmm. the... Um, oh, gosh, along with the... Something of India, Sapphire of India, I mean that were robbed a number of years ago and they did finally um they got it back and it was a it was a very distant member of the family that donated it i called the museum of natural history once and i said gave them my name and i said you have a family gem there and i want it back because you let it get robbed and mm. <laughs> they 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 were they checked me out. They said you really are a DeLong. I said I really am a DeLong, and you know they they uh, they talked to me quite a bit about it, but they wouldn't let me have it back. It's a huge oh. star ruby, huge star ruby, size of a golf ball. Wow! But uh, yeah, something like that is too big to wear, so you might as well give it to a museum. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. there's there definitely doesn't really want to be in the museum. You know, that's the energetic. Is it? I don't know if these people. They, they, I know it's nice to put things on display for for others. I'm kind of wondering if that's where they belong or not. If, if they're a restless spirit that says no, don't put them in the museum. Who knows? 
Well, a lot of the King Tut stuff, too. Um, I, mm-hmm. I would love to touch the airplane that, um, mm-hmm. that, that was definitely in, in the tomb. Um, I'm into touching. I'm into, I want to touch it to feel the energy. To, well, to, for mm-hmm. one, to know if it's real, and right. for another, to see, to see what's there. What, what's its story? Right. Yep. It's an artifact. Because, well, yeah, and the cool thing is that, um, you know, every, every you can do um, psychometry with, with it. Mm-hmm. And if sure. not too many people, if not too many people have actually handled it, um, then, um, then, then you know, you, you would really get something. Um, Graham Phillips has a book about that he wrote about the, um, um, oh gosh, uh, it's an onyx little bowl that, that they think that, that Mary had, um, fragrance in that, that she used that, that she rubbed on Jesus before they closed the, the tomb up and he, mm-hmm. he said he, he has he has literally found um, an alabaster cup that he that he says is from is from that particular time frame hmm. I'd like to touch that mm-hmm. um, yeah they're just it's it's I'm into touching I'm into pulling energy from I'm into finding out what the story is that's why I I love antique jewelry because you you always mm-hmm. get such a cool feeling from it oh yeah yeah definitely and books sometimes you can find some really good old books oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah I like no, that it's, yeah mm-hmm. it's you know, they they keep the things that that really do have. I mean, I understand why. I mean, look at Plymouth Rock; it's almost gone because people have chipped so much off of it. I've I've got mm-hmm. it. You know, you know, people want souvenirs and stuff. But you know, a lot of these the giant skulls and the crystal mm-hmm. skulls. That, I mean, yeah. I would love to touch a crystal skull. Well, one of their crystal skulls. Yeah, you can get a crystal skull, but not not the ones they have. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure those are really well. the ones, though. I'm not sure what the story is insofar as are they credible or not. Are these crystal skulls really what they say they are or just kind of a you know, conversation piece? A lot of them turned up in museums about the same time frame. Mm, interesting. Um, and... and they they were kind of almost like left on the doorstep like a like an orphan. Hmm. So I mean, it, there's a story about the twelve crystal skulls, and I'm not sure if it's if it's fiction or if there is a, a real legend about twelve skulls. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that at all? You know, I'm really not. I didn't really dial into that. I have heard about it, and there are people that claim that they have these ancient skulls, these crystal skulls, but. Like I said, I don't. I'm not sure if they're actually that old. I'm sure there's some kind of a resonance energetic, but once again, it's like a tulpa. So if you project the energy into it, I'm sure they're going to get some kind of a feedback or some type of a communication, or at least they think they do. So, and especially people are constantly looking at it, they're imprinting the energy around that skull, and that would also create some kind of an energetic to, um, to communicate, if you ask me. So yeah, it would be interesting to see yeah. what these people have done with these. Oh, go ahead. 
Yeah, well, no, you're right. It, there's the Hedges one that is uh, mm-hmm. quite famous that, that um, supposedly was found in South America by by this guy's daughter, and then uh, he died, and she, and then I think she she no longer has it in her possession. I think she may have passed, and someone else has custodi- has, is is the custodian of it. Um, mm-hmm. But but again, it's it's it, come on, it's it's quartz, and quartz is used in radios and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's easy to to um, imprint. To it's easy to um, utilize it as as a transmitter or or a saver. Or I mean, I think that that in in a lot of the um, the, the chambers that Patrick and I saw, they were mostly of granite, which had a great deal of quartz mm. in it, which means mm-hmm. that it could store something. So it could be a a storehouse of some sort, a library mm. of some sort. Um, and and I'm not sure that that you know anybody really um, has looked into that aspect of the chambers that are around the northeast that 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 we. Did secrets of the stones about, um, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of um, stories about, you know, a lot of the artifacts that are around, and and I, I would like to really, <laughs> I want to handle them, I want to touch them, I want to feel what they have to say. Um, have you done a great deal of, of uh, psychometry at all? I haven't done a whole lot of it. Um... Usually I can read pretty well without having to pick up anything or hold it. Uh, but I do get vibes off of certain things, energetically speaking, you know, antiques, this, that, and the other. And I have my own collection of crystals that have their own unique frequencies. But that's another thing, you know, like crystal balls, same thing. People have imprinted all that, too, psychically. So there's all kinds of energy and messages people could probably obtain when you're, you know, handling these things. But, yeah, I haven't done that much psychometry. But I have had some interesting vibrations off of jewelry. Uh, just antique stuff that I, I didn't get a good vibe on it, and I probably wouldn't want it in my house, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was when I was younger, though. I, I really haven't been doing a lot of that. I mean, I just kind of am what I am these days. But, yeah, I pick up on everything. I was like a magnet. I pick up on everything. Well, yeah, I, I sort of do, too. But it's it's just, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I have a crystal ball, and... It it came to me strangely. I they had a gem and jewelry show at at uh, near where I was living, and I can remember going and seeing the crystal ball and picking it up and holding it, and you know said to the man, asked how much it was, and it was much more than I could buy, and you know gave it back to him, and I kept going back and holding it, and I kept, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I did the back and forth and back and forth, and I finally said to him, I don't have this kind of money on me now. Can you hold it for me? And he said, why don't you just take it and pay me when you can? Wow, and nice. I looked, at, I looked at him and I said, are you sure? And and he said, I think it belongs to you. You'll pay for it. And I did. But mm-hmm. it was, it, was it, it kind of, that's, it came to me that way. And that's good. I have found I have found stuff like that does happen to me on a pretty regular basis. Um mm-hmm. 
there was a, a moonstone ring in an antique shop. My mother and I used to antique a lot because we just loved antique jewelry and stuff. And mm-hmm. there was a local antique shop, and we went into it, and there was this moonstone ring, and I, I looked at it, and I said, ooh, that's my ring. And we we knew the owner mm-hmm. of the shop, and, and she said, she she told us how much it was, and I said, well, maybe it's my my ring for another lifetime. It's certainly not this lifetime. <laughs> I can't afford that. And we went back into the store maybe three three months later, and I looked, and I said, oh, you still have my ring. And she said, yep, I'll make you a deal. And if she brought it down, but it was way, I, I couldn't, I, n- no. <laughs> I said, no, I, I, it must be somebody else's because I can't afford that. We went back about four months later. I said, you still have my ring. And she said, look, <laughs> I'll, I'll, cut, I'll cut the price in half. And I said, I can't afford that. I'm so sorry, and I'm not playing with you. And my mother looked at her and said, she's not playing with you. <laughs> um <laughs> A year later, we walk in, and she said to me, I know, you're here for your ring. How much can you afford? And I told her, and she sold it to me. And she said, oh, never, nice. claim a pe- never claim a piece of jewelry here again. She said, no one would even look at it. Oh. And it, 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 it's my ring. Wow, but, uh, that's interesting. It's so cool. It really is. It's a, mm-hmm. a favorite Sounds ring pretty. of mine. You but, said it's oh, moonstone, it's, right? Moonstone's beautiful. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's really a pretty ring. But, you know, I don't do that that often. Mm-hmm. But I have found that, that you know, there, there are times that things come to you when it's your time to have them. Now, I've got the crystal ball. I have to mm-hmm. admit I've never seen anything in it. Mhm. Yeah. But well, but I but I have holding it gotten gotten impressions. Mhm. So I guess everybody uses their 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 tools in a different way. Mhm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and plus you have the vision already, so it's not like you're really needing that to to see anything within it. Actually, if anything, it's just going to amplify your own psyche and your own third eye. Yeah, what you're able to see through your own psychic vision, if you ask me. But is it quartz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, quartz yeah. is nice. Nowadays, they have just glass. Uh, they don't even make really good crystal balls anymore, from what I've seen. It's just, you know, a glass ball. It's not the quartz ball, like the old way. Well, it's, 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 it's hard to find quartz without the inclusions in them. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and this one has not, no inclusions in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but... Still, it's a long time ago. There was a meditation tape that was going around, and of course, I I still don't have it. I wish I did. It it had beautiful music going with it, but it took you through a quartz crystal and and all of the colors and all of the shapes. It was a beautiful meditation. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know. I, you know, every now and then I, I remember it, and I think, geez, it would be fun to have that to go through that again because it was such a beautiful journey. It was just mm-hmm. enlightening, enlightening. Oh, nice. You could probably create that again yourself. You know. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's you get to a point where yeah, you can do it, but it, it's 
it's these memories that hit you that that are that are so real that you kind of want to step back. I don't know if it's stepping back in time or or if it's remembering something that I forgot or or what. Mm-hmm. But I am finding of late I'm getting a lot of these um, reminders of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's if it's a a thing of the times if we are mm-hmm. if we are all being reminded of of antiquity to some degree and and the magic that antiquity has within it that that can leave messages for the future and mm-hmm. every time every time i mean this time that we're living through now is leaving imprints of messages for times yet to come mm-hmm. so sure. Yeah, that's quite an imprint. Let me tell you, it's all spiked. It's like, <laughs> like, um, yeah, Count No, but but it's a time where we have to remember, you know, peace and 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 brotherhood and love and healing and stuff like that. I I know there's a lot going on that is not that, but but it's a time where where you know. Theoretically, we should be refocusing on what can we put out there that will help the energy of the times to sort of dissipate mm-hmm. some of the anger that's out there now, which would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, a lot of people use uh, different, well, Shungite's a prime example of people who leave it in certain points in certain areas across across the United States for stabilization and to deter a lot of things. So I think people could create their own formulas as far as what they want to do and what they want to contribute energetically. Uh-huh. Even with crystals, you know, they could do everything, even even the group healing, you know, where people want to project energy and, and utilize it for a higher good or a benefit for for the global collective versus just one group. Well, you know, there so, was... I mean, we've done there that was, before. Oh, yeah. Um, there were... A long time ago, um, there was a peace chamber. Um, um, let me see. They were they were called peace chambers, um, and they were they were they were they were, they were um, <clears throat> okay. There are peace chambers still around the world. Um, yeah, and I was part of this. It's called um, Water Song Peace Chamber, Peace Chambers Around the World. Um, they're all around the world. And what, um, yeah, and, and they're really cool. They're chambers, and <clears throat> the peace chambers that are already established send crystals for the new chambers so that, so that all the chambers are linked with crystals. And... Mm. What what I what I experienced this may not be the same thing, but on the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month, people gathered in these chambers to meditate for peace. And basically, what mm. what happened what happened was around, they they are around the world, and so that it meant that for twenty four straight hours, there was constant meditation ongoing for peace. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just such a cool thing, and mm-hmm. there um, 
and they 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 have them in Australia, they have them in uh, Bolivia, Brazil, Canada, Denmark, Wales, uh, all over England, Germany, um, and and they're they're all linked, so that uh, mm. and that might be might be something that people might want to look for and and think about creating a chamber for peace and then. You know, they bring they, the everybody sends crystals for the walls of the chamber, and it, mm-hmm. it's Native American. Um, the one I went to was was on a reservation, but it was a peace chamber. It was in Woodstock, uh, Connecticut, and uh, mm. they they opened it up, and there was a fire burning, and we sat in there, and there was they did they did very gentle drumming, and it was really it was. A beautiful experience, and mm. um, you know, I think I think we need more of this. I, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I agree with everyone that you know, there's there's a lot going on and it feels out of control. But you know, sometimes doing the simplest things can can have create an an energetic that that. Uh, can overcome some of the horrible things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a lot. It, it just takes a very few deciding to, um, you know, sit down and, and meditate for peace and hope for peace. And that's, it's not a matter of, um, of uh, you know, making it a big... I, I think so many people think that they have to go big or go home, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um there was a study done in Connecticut where there were um, meditations in a certain place that that went on on a regular basis uh, once a week. And they found that in the hospital that that was right near that particular place where the meditation was, that, that they had... Fewer incidents of people passing away. They had people who were coming in and getting better. They had there was a nursing home where where people actually got better. That was right close to it, and it was just a matter of people sitting in meditation, peacefully sending out energy. And mm-hmm. it, it 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 it's not a one shot deal. It's not a one and done. It has to be something that's carried on on a regular basis, but um, that's all it takes is, you know, mm-hmm. having, having I don't know, five or ten or twenty people sitting in meditation and and trying mm-hmm. to, and focusing on, on, on peace. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, no lead meditation, no political whatever, just peace, love, harmony, and... There you go, and I think I think so many people have um, the wrong idea that unless it's a major thing and uh, unless it's a great huge organization, um, that that it won't count. But that's not true. It's it's the, the little things that really do. It's those mm-hmm. things that are done, you know, simply by small groups of people that can change the world. But right. it has to be. 
it has to be done on a regular basis. It can't be done just once and then, well, nothing happens, so we're going to shut up shop and go home. Mm-hmm. Yep. It seems like they were doing that a lot. You're right, um, whether it was healing rooms or healing chambers. Uh, I remember healing teams, too, back in the day. I used to work on those, too. It used to be like four of us working on clients at the t- same time. And it was uh-huh. that same kind of thing where, we're, and these were like people who were in like critical situations where they had cancer or terminal illnesses, this, that, and the other. But it is that aspect of just putting the energy there to, to alchemically change the whole environment for one person. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that as well, that that does happen. And that's why it's so interesting to see how people can get swept away. And I, we've talked about it before. I mean, it, it's easy to get swept away into what's happening here because everybody wants it changed overnight. This is unacceptable. But these are nice um, ways to, to kind of reset a little bit energetically and also um, put something out in the field that's not necessarily static. So I think that's a great suggestion, Barbara, actually. It's a really nice reminder. Well, when, when you stop and think about it, I mean, I've read thousands of books, and those books that, that you know, had to do with spiritual stuff and energetics, um, one of the major things they all talk about is meditation. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, and when I talk to the authors, they, they, all, they all bring up meditation, that meditation is what got them over the hump, that meditation is what, what enabled them to, to go forward, that it was meditation that changed their life. And I think most people don't realize that meditation is very simple and very easy, and you don't have to meditate for two or three hours a day. I mean, there are people that do that, and God bless. But um, a good 15-minute meditation can change your life. Mm-hmm. And so, and and you know, it's it's very easy. They, I, I think, the easiest one is the empty-headed meditation, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. where you just sit and you empty your mind. You just you just you empty your mind and you pull the energy in and you empty your mind and you let go of your thoughts for 15, 20 minutes. And if you can do that, if you can put that energy in, then you're creating an energetic field around you that is supportive and safe and productive. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and but, but meditation takes all forms, too. It, you don't have to be sitting in a certain position. You don't have to be oming. You don't have to. I mean, I mean that, that is another kind of meditation, and for some people, that's that's absolutely a magnificent form of meditation. I've meditated doing needlepoint that was laborious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and repetitious, and once once my rhythm was gotten, my mind was free to wander, and it did, and and it was amazing what you can accomplish when you're not thinking but allowing stuff to come to you. Mm-hmm, exactly. I agree. Well, even running on a treadmill, I mean, the little things like that, or running outdoors, it's the same thing. Absolutely. You get into the zone, but the zone can be a, a running meditation. It can be a lot of different things, but yeah, totally. I, guess I think most people don't understand that yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I... I used to garden. That used to be a meditation to me to, sure, to be yeah. pulling, pulling weeds and and just you know it's. I think it's so exciting because when you can take your mind and turn it off and not think, 
it's amazing what comes into you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, magic happens. It truly does. And and you're energized by it. Uh, I think that's the, the other thing that people have to understand, that, that meditation is, is really a form. It's a, meditating in and of itself is a form of healing. And mm-hmm. yeah. and when you when you get yourself synced that way, and and another form which is not for you right now, but for most people who are south of the Mason Dixon line, um, walking on the earth in your bare feet, so that you synchronize your heartbeat with the Earth Mother. I mean, mm-hmm. that's another form of of getting that, and it's called earthing, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried to make a science out of it. The reality is, it's it's if you walk barefoot on the on on not on concrete but on soil, um, you eventually will synchronize your heartbeat with that of the earth. And if you stop to think about it, the Native Americans didn't have the diseases until, of course, the Europeans came. Um, mm. But they were very healthy, and they didn't have a lot of the problems that that you know are part of society today. So that earthing does help you as well. It keeps you healthier, and and you know it's it's a matter of getting yourself into a point of of a flow. You, you use the right word. It's it's a flow. It's a zone. And once you're in mm-hmm. that zone, magic happens. Mhm. Yeah. Definitely. Very peaceful stream of consciousness. Yeah. But are you see? You know, I'm not seeing around here. I used to. I used to see. Of course, I'm, maybe I'm not looking in the right places. But I, I used to see that there were meditation groups where people would get together and meditate. And I'm not seeing that anymore. Um, hmm. Are Are you I seeing it at all? Mm-mm, not really. I think they. A lot of people are into yoga. You know, they do their own little classes. That is meditation to some degree. But yeah, it's uh, unless they're doing some kind of online. There are a lot of online groups that are doing group meditation. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, maybe I just haven't been looking in the right places. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, though, you know, is yoga. Um, mm-hmm. And um, to be honest with you, I can't handle yoga, so. I, I no, have, I'm not big uh, on it, but qigong, tai chi. I mean, those are beautiful exercises. Um, I, I'm, absolutely, you know, I love tai chi. Yeah, those are real nice, and you can do them solo or in a small group, and very, very powerful uh-huh. and very centering. Yeah. And it it doesn't make you look weird either. I mean, my sister did. Um, is it qigong? Um, mm-hmm. Tai chi. My my sister did tai chi. Um, for years and years, and um, she would go down to the beach and do the, um, the, the, the exercises there. And um, she always found that to be very, very um, peaceful and energizing. And, and, you know, there's so many ways that don't cost money that you can, you can become involved with that are, that are such a healthy process for you, and, and it does clear you and and it, it it enables you to to function better as a person uh, in your everyday life. Mhm. Yeah. Well-being. Period. Yeah. And and you know I I 
do think that I have to make the difference. You know, um, meditation is different from praying. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, it, it's listening, not talking. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I it's really funny. I, I was trying to, um, when I was beginning and I was trying to get into meditation, I would I would get into a place where I felt kind of even almost floaty and then I would hear myself saying, I wonder if this is meditating and then another <laughs> voice saying, No, you stupid jerk, now you're not meditating <laughs> you know? Like you're not supposed to talk <laughs> even to yourself. But but it but it does, you know, you know, you can kind of breathe into it there there's so many different methods out there um that Mm -hmm. that you know i highly recommend it um lots of times lots of times people say they don't have time but that's not true um you can Mm -hmm. always make time for meditation always whether it's whether it's you know there's always time and mm-hmm. and if you if you if you take the time to do the meditation then then a part of you is is going into another rhythm that changes your focus on life and 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 it it takes you into new um new direction and it it alters your thought patterns and it does in a good way and mm-hmm. it takes you out of being selfish into being selfless. And that doesn't mean that you give everything you own away and walk the streets with a with a tin cup and a sheet on, but it but it, it does change your perspective tremendously and and I say all the time to people that you create your reality by your perspective of it. Meditation helps you to have a more positive view on everything and and it's something that mm-hmm. that you know it would be a good idea for people to take a look at mm-hmm. or even yeah. for a once even for a once a year finding those those um those meditation chambers and and experiencing you know sitting in one of those meditations it's really cool i mean i went to an ashram once and it was amazing the the person who was the leader of it was there at the time so there were there were over a thousand people there and Mm. when the ohm went up it was just amazing you could it it Mm -hmm. vibrated you um i was not able to sit the way they were requiring people to sit so i couldn't really be a part of it but um, mm-hmm. it's it's not necessary to have. I mean, that's what they required, and the, so you know that's what that's what was required of you. But but um, going to to you know one of those places where the chanting happens is is really the vibration of it. The the it, it gives you the shivers. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you're looking for, and I think. Today, especially um, because things are so so strong and crazy, that finding a place where there is a peaceful energy that that can kind of swaddle you slightly um, against against 
all of the craziness that's going on is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have a lot of stress, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say PTSD, but that is going around. So, yeah, anything uh-huh. they can kind of just reset and calm and center, I would say is a good idea for sure. Well, you know, it's it's, and it's a good way if you really want to look into your past lives, it's, it's a good way to open the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, focus on your psychic abilities, yeah, your multidimensional sight. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like, a, well, you know, lucid, lucid vision, lucid traveling when you're sleeping, uh-huh. um, you know, but also setting the perimeter before you go to sleep as far as what you want to accomplish while you're resting and that sort of thing. Same thing, really, when you think about it. Oh, absolutely. I think there's, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's so much that is open to us that is, it, it doesn't cost money. It's something, it just takes time and, and energy and, you know, um, regularity. And mm-hmm. the more you work, the more you work with it, the more it adds to the vibrance of your life. And even though maybe things are tough, but even if you have this kind of practice going on, it does help to lessen the stress that, that the times may be um, inflicting upon you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think it, it would be a good idea for... You know, and I haven't looked, uh, uh, I have to admit, I haven't looked to see if there are any meditation groups online, but lots of people like to do lead meditations, and if that's the case, I'm sure there are tons of them out there. Mm -hmm. Just finding finding somebody whose voice you can resonate to. I'm more of a quiet meditator myself, but Mm -hmm. I have found that... Leading a meditation, quite often people uh, tune into the voice of the person leading, and that makes it easier for them to visualize whatever it is they're going through. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it, you know it it's crazy times, and you know times are calling for um, simple solutions that that help to soothe the savage heart so to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but you know, to get back to past lives, um, I think they, they're, they're, they're actually quite important sometimes, especially if you're on a spiritual journey, to try to take a look at your relationships now. Do you feel that there is a past life connection? And if there is, what is it teaching you? What are you learning? How are you growing from it? And and if if there's a relationship that is not working, is there a connection that is keeping you there or is, is there some reason why you can't let go of it? And if there is, where does that come from? Maybe you can find a solution so you can let go of it and not repeat it again. I think that that these are times to, to to start looking at who you're surrounding yourself with, and and you know how do these people connect to you, and is there is there a strong connection or is it just a casual connection? And then take a look at where it's going. I it, it's 
for some reason, it feels to me as though these are times to really question everything. What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. What am I gaining? What am I giving? Do I need to resolve something? And mm-hmm. and if that, you know, I think it's. I don't know if it has to do with with. Um, oh gosh, um, the, the cycles of the earth, the yugas that we're in. I don't know if it's got anything to do with what, but for me, it just feels like this is a time where we all need to kind of not suffer through something, but question and find the answer and and then create the solution. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see that. I don't believe in suffering. That's, that's not okay. No, no. But, you know, it's 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 sort of like, Especially with relationships, I'm, I'm finding people are having difficulty with relationships, and mm-hmm. you know sometimes sometimes there is a past life connection, and if there is, then then you need to sit down and figure it out, and figure out what kind of karmic debt is here, and can I resolve it? Is there something I can do to make this easier, and you know not sacrifice yourself or anything like that, but just take a more intellectual look at it rather than um, feeling sorry for yourself. Take a look at what's going on. How am I being impacted? What do I need to do to change? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes sometimes people, you know, go for therapy, but, but other times people are truly able to work it out themselves if they take the time. Mm-hmm. I'll save some money, too, at the same time, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Um I don't know. I, I, I sit I sit and I I listen sometimes to you know, in the grocery store especially to what you know, you're standing in line, you can't help but hear what people are saying in line and it it's scary sometimes. Mm. <laughs> but but I I think I think, you know, I, well I think that that we're going through some um, uncomfortable times. I, I think that you know, given a year's time, things will be better. And and it's just a matter of of taking our time with what's going on and not not participating or or react or overreacting, and and uh, seeing seeing where we go. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. The Philip, yeah. yeah. No, Philip Lindsay has a great book about. About the yugas and the ages and the and the what the times hold for the different ages and you know it, it, it's a great book to read. Um, mm-hmm. Does kind of it kind of gives you the understanding that we do go through different ages, different time frames where society as a whole spends I don't know a thousand years maybe in in one time frame period where. The energies go one direction and then they move into another level, and, and we're just going through a tough one. That's all. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll come out of it. But you know, it's it's well, yeah, we will. I mean, and, and we'll all come back, and it'll be a whole nother um, time, and there will be other challenges. I guess every every time frame has its own challenges, and and you know we're dealing with the challenges that we have now. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the challenges are linear. 
that's the thing, you know, everything here is, it's all, it's, it's just a linear program. If they go beyond that vibration, it's not there. That, that weirdness, uh, the polarity consciousness, everything that people are, are kind of polarized with is going to be there in my opinion. So I think that's what it, we're looking at is frequency and, and changing the field, changing the frequency of each being to a point where they're not, they're detached from whatever's here. I really find that we will be moving into a whole different field of energy at some point based on, but that has a lot to do with the frequencies. It's just, it's what people do, how they walk on this realm and what they want to do to change their vibration. You know, meditation is part of that to some degree, but there are other ways to, to shift gears too. And, um, you know, and sometimes maybe, you know, anger does move energy, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. It does change. Uh-huh. It's the rage that kind of makes things a little bit crazy. But, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if who's going to step up into another field of energy versus just, just wallow and get swept away, you know. Well, the cool thing is you get swept away, you'll come back again. Well, I'm I mean, not coming back it's... here, but, yeah. <laughs> Not my place. Not my place. Uh, I'm a firm. Uh, I have it uh, confirmed on so many levels. It's not even funny. But, yeah, we'll see. You know, we'll see where it all ends up to the big uh, galactic center. Is there a yeah, big fun. galactic center out there? Is there, oh, is I, there like Star Wars? Or... Oh, that? Yeah, I don't know if it's a Star Wars version. But there is definitely something beyond this one for sure. I just find that it's time to go home. I just find that all of us are being signaled um, and summoned to go home. So we'll see where that heads. And, and it's, home is different for everybody. That's the thing. Right. That's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not all the same home. Mm-hmm. I kind of, uh, you know, one of my one of my favorite shows that I've been watching is uh, Resident Alien. Um, mm, I don't think I've seen that. It's 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 uh it's it's kind of cool. Um, it's uh, an alien crashes on the planet. He's come to destroy the planet because you know humanity isn't worth saving. <laughs> and and um, he crashes and uh, finds that you know he has to take human form and blend in because he, his spaceship is gone. And um, mm-hmm. He takes over a human form, and for you know, he does kill the man and take his place. But um, and it's how he learns how to deal with humanity, and mm. and and in the community, small community, obviously, um, only one young boy can see him in his true form, and at first, you know, scared, scared, and then they become friends, and then. They work together to try to to uh, send a signal to the aliens' um, home planet to not come and destroy humanity. And um, but it's fascinating how he re- he reacts to being human, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 really it's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've done two seasons. I think the third season is starting shortly. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's really um, it does it does give you it, it's another you know I've always thought that television and movies but especially television has prepared us for what's coming next. 
Mm-hmm. And if you if you look at Star Trek, the things that, that were so unusual with Star Trek, you know, doors that opened for you and closed, um, tricorders that you could talk to people with. I mean, all of those things that, that were that were far ahead of their time mm-hmm. at the time that Star Trek came out are now things that we all, you know, we see and we do and we participate in without thinking. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm I'm wondering if um, if maybe some of the not the movies because the movies are too scary and they're too sensationalized and they they're meant to scare you, but but some of the TV shows um, this Resident Alien one is is you know there's an alien among us and and I'm wondering and I think I believe there are aliens among us to tell you the truth. Well, that are we are aliens, however you want to describe well, it. That's part of my book, Alien Intelligence. <laughs> but, well, no, but in a sense, but, you know. Yeah, but that's true. And so I'm wondering if, if, if you look at what are popular shows out there that are, um, you know, supposedly just fictional fluff, if, if there isn't more to be said to them or or contained within than just pure entertainment if if there isn't a message there that you know this is coming pay attention mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to have to to deal with it um Mary Joyce had um uh I can re- I can't remember exactly where it was out west someplace where there was um theoretically according to her article um a a place in in the mountains um where there there was a almost like a way station for um in extraterrestrials and they were they were basically humanoids so that they would go into be able they what they loved to do the women um was to look in the catalogs and and then go into i think it was nevada or nevada i, I whichever it is and they would be able to blend in, and and it was you know kind of like an amusement park almost for them. So mm-hmm. that I I I think that probably is true. And um, mm-hmm. she apparently talked to a soldier who was um, in charge of of something with th- this group of extraterrestrials, and and. You know, they came and they went. It was like, you know, almost like they they did time, like in a foreign country, but they did time in the mountains. And and so, I think I think that that is taking place. I, I I'm not. I don't know if our government knows about it or not, but a part of the government probably does. But I think that 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 we are in some way being made more comfortable with the idea of this happening so that when we finally realize it is happening, that we're we're more okay with it than we would be otherwise. Yeah, once again, I think it's that, that social engineering, you know. I think a long time ago they used to have a lot of uh, sci-fis that were making the ET out to be bad, and, and you know, there are the ones that are putting fear into the mass collective, you know, uh, War of the Worlds comes yeah. to mind, a lot of other things, but... It's the same aspect of we've never been given the truth. So once again, the masses don't have the truth. I mean, they can they can get little, you know, little Easter eggs of what might be and what's a possibility through media and entertainment. 
and, and movies, but they don't really know. And those of us who actually do know, know that our cosmic origins are extraterrestrial. That's all there is to it. And, and whatever they uh-huh. want to describe themselves as as they walk this world, well, that's fine. But it's not who they are. And until they know who they are, they're never going to get anywhere, if you ask me, because they have to understand a bigger scenery. And that, and that comes with a bigger database, a different way of communication, more gifts enhanced. I mean, so many things. So it will be interesting to see how far that goes. What I have noticed is that there is a bottlenecking of information, and obviously, um, you know, there's censorship that's severe when it comes down to extraterrestrial intelligence and the types of technology I'm familiar with. So we'll see. Um, But I'm not going to hold my breath on any of these departments. I think everybody's on their own journey, and they'll figure it out. They have to figure it out. I don't think there's any more time for them not to. No, I agree. I agree. It's just... um... But in a way, isn't it isn't it kind of very similar to, in in, in an extreme, um, somebody from from I don't know New York trying to function in Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it, a whole different. It, yeah. It's a whole different world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I watch a, a, a thing on opal hunters, and I, it's fascinating how, how their mind and stuff, but do you know, I have trouble understanding what they're saying, and I know they're speaking English. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So. Well, it is true. I mean, it, it, people are very different, but I'll tell you, um, the state of consciousness changes as soon as you get into a different realm. And that goes beyond the uh-huh. space time here. So once again, they're not going to be the same people they were. It's like it's like you die and get reborn, but you're still alive. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, how how things are here? And there's so many different um, types of people, beings, whatever you want to call them, and different cultures and this that and the other. But the bigger scenery is something that I don't, they're oblivious to their own futures. You know, they really don't. Oh, yeah. I think they should start calibrating for that. I really do. So however they do it. We'll see. Well, yeah, I, I've got, I mean, you drop somebody down in in the middle of the jungle in South America. I mean, there are still tribes there that we haven't discovered. And, mm-hmm. you know, their way of life, their value system, everything is so radically different from what you would find in a big city that, that, that it's, it, it, it's almost like it's another world. And mm-hmm. so, so I think that <clears throat> it's alien to them and it's alien to us. And so if you brought in another planet or, an, uh, uh, you know, people from another planet, um, you'd have the same thing. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine being dropped mm-hmm. on another planet where, where the language is so different that I have nothing to relate to it or the, or the political or the social mores Mm -hmm. um, in this, in this um, resident alien, he had to learn how to eat with a fork. (laughs) He Mm -hmm. had trouble. Um, It's, it's, it would be putting you into a, it's like taking you and putting you, um, Three four hundred years ago, into into any any culture in Europe, um, the the mores, the, who you can talk to and who you can't talk to, and 
you know, it's all, it's, I mean, we have different worlds here on this world already. So having somebody from literally a different world is not going to be that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the whole objective, too, is to go, is to get off this planet, though. That's the illusion of a world is to leave from here. That's just not for everybody, though. That's just for those of us, in my opinion, who are the breakaways that I've talked about before. So even if they have a, an exchange of other beings from other realms, other space-time, uh, the, the, the majority, in my opinion, the breakaways are going to move on. They're going to go to another place where they feel comfortable, where they can use, use their skills and use their abilities and, and not be inhibited. So you know, that's just what I'm looking at. I'm seeing a whole different paradigm of information and, and a bigger future. And the last thing I want to see here is to watch people go back into the dark ages. I mean, that's the last thing I want to see as, as we oh, leave gosh. on into another space time. I mean, can you imagine going backwards instead of forwards? That just to me is repulsive. So I guess that's the biggest thing I look at is how far down the rabbit hole of, of inversion are they going to go, you know, before it bounces out and changes everything else. So, yeah, but it looks kind of like it's getting pretty inverted to me. Well, it is, it is. But, but if, if, if someone from another world, if, I, I mean, do they have the same kind of journey that you do or I do? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know what the journey would be. I mean, when you think about the the linear part of here, we're not supposed to be on this linear journey, in my opinion. So navigating through the cosmos is a whole different different area, a whole different state of being and state of consciousness. So I'd have to say no. They probably don't have the type of weird polarization because they're not in this type of a linear realm. I mean, what's going on here, in my opinion, isn't supposed to be happening. So, you know, we can look at it and say, well, maybe it's from a lifetime or this, that, and the other. I think it's just defective programming that's input-output as a collective. And it's showing itself, and it's destroying a world. So, you know, that's what I see. I see things are streamlined and very uh, efficient. We're off-planet. And when I talk about off-planet, here they're not. It's chaos in motion. It's trial by fire. And, you know, you can call it whatever you want on a different scale, but I don't think it's functional. I don't think it's workable. I mean, we've got to change it. Or it's going to implode well, on I, its own. No, no, I, I agree. But but I'm talking, okay, so let's say you're, you're going off-world. Say you're on another planet off-world. Um, the spiritual journey continues no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, I believe that. I, I don't even know if I want to call it spiritual, but it's more about centeredness and peace, um, tranquility a peaceful state of consciousness without having to make okay. the effort of going on a spiritual path. Yeah. So the whole vibration changes and it, and your body, your, your soul, spirit, consciousness, however you want to define it is, is once again, home, home with source, home with creation. In my opinion, I don't find that this place is part of that. It, it, or whatever has happened here is not, it, it seems to me like it's been damaged in some way, or there's just something that's not, not in resonance. The field is not in resonance. So that's, I guess that's what I'm seeing. And I guess that's one of the reasons when I look and I, I choose to navigate off-world is because of the energetics are what I, what is, what I need in my, in my own bio suit, in my own being. Uh-huh. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's really it about going home, and home isn't here. And that's what I mean by it. you can go home a million lifetimes here. You can live here. You can interact. You can find people you love. You can, you can distract yourself. You can do all kinds of things to make you busy and keep you busy. But it, in the end, are you really wanting to be here? 
you know, saying we don't physically die when we leave, but it's that, you know, that's what I see. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm in a room where I'm just keeping myself busy and preoccupied watching the world go crazy. And instead, and instead of uh, being more productive, I could be a lot more productive off planet. No doubt about it. Well, I've always said, I've always said that, that my home was the center star in Orion's belt. That's mm-hmm. where I feel I like it. home is for me. Uh-huh. And, yeah. um, and, 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 you know, I have said that for years and um, don't even know which planet it is, but that's center, center, center one. That's home for me. And yet I feel that, that the journey, the, the spirit within me is on, even if it were on that planet, it would still be a journey to grow and to evolve and to change. Mm-hmm. So even if, you put, even if you put me where I think home actually is, I would still be growing mm-hmm. and, and evolving so that, so that it, it's not my it, – it's where I feel I originated from, but it's not where I'm going to end up. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for infinite consciousness in the sense of just keep evolving and ascending, and morphing into whatever we're designed to morph into. And that, but as long as we're growing and evolving and ascending, I find that the stagnant energies are are just no good. And I see that you know the the, the pettiness of, of bickering and like I said, the anger and the and the rage and the people that are just losing it. Um, you know, that's just like I don't know. So it's like kindergarten to me. You know, it's non relative and it, it shouldn't even be going on and. I find that peace and tranquility is also opening more doors to keep us ascending out and, and learning and growing too, where we can be, at least in our mind, in a, in a centered place of, you know, we're talking about meditation, but take that a whole billion fold le- level to where this world is, is all peaceful. And it's the frequencies are just so centered that you can't help but keep evolving, you know, that kind of thing, where the fields are clear, uh-huh. the energies, and the frequencies are clean. I'm wondering. I wonder sometimes if the Earth is maybe a uh, a clearing station. Uh, in in other words, it's a place where you you come to to get your head straight, and then you move on and you move forward. That that it's not it's it's not meant to be the end place. It's meant to be a a, a transfer station, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard people call it that before. Like really? a way station or something. Yeah, well, I've yeah. heard that. I think it was way station they called it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not permanent, in my opinion, and not our origin for sure. So, um, And I don't even think we have to be here to work anything out karmically. I really don't. I think that this has been a – I find that it's been an error. I know it sounds strange, but I feel like this has been a, a mistake to some degree, that what's happened here in the weaponization and the types of games they've been playing is actually not anything that's been approved by any cosmic design. So it's almost rogue, and that's that's what's created this insanity in motion. It's not in sync with the cosmos, if you ask me. So, um, you know, we'll see where this heads. I, I think that everything's going to get set on a higher frequency, but it's, you know, it's going to take um, a little bit of pushing when it comes down to those of us who are here kind of forcing that field to go into a higher realm. Well, I, I would go along with that. that. That makes sense to me. Uh, it, it, I just can't, I can't believe we're going down a rabbit hole. I, I would like to think we're going up a rabbit hole and coming mm-hmm. out of the darkness. And maybe 
maybe it's kind of like they say you have to hit bottom before you can go up but um mm-hmm. that doesn't that doesn't quite make sense to me i'd rather not hit bottom <laughs> i'd rather right. i'd rather it's I'd unnecessary rather start going it's like a detour no, I agree. Yeah. With you. I agree with you, Barbara. It's like a detour. It's like they've set all these different obstacle courses and created detours and distractions and obfuscations on purpose. Uh, so this is what I mean by that's by my observation. You know, and that's why I don't I don't have time for this. The illusion of time. I don't want to waste any more moments with with this type of deception. So something has to give. And it's not just about me. I mean, it's the whole collective that's getting deceived. So and they they really are. I mean, it, you know, as a teacher, they have to have the right data or at least a, a, a doorway where they can learn and then walk through it and go to another level. They can't even get that done here. So I'm sure it will happen. I know it sounds like a cynic at the end of the show, but, <laughs> but that's what I've noticed. You know, and that's why there's this, it's not even an urgency for me to live off planet. I'm just, I'm just looking at things differently through the eyes of the cosmos. And that's, that's just home to me is everything out there that's brought here is, is peace, you know? It really is. I mean, you, you look at the stars and the sun and the moon and the energies of the cosmos, it's all peaceful. I've never had any bad mm-hmm. vibes off of anything connecting from the cosmos. It's always mankind's propaganda that seems to create this weird energetic. So, you know. Well, I, I, I think that, that, you know, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that, that uh, I don't think we've been forgotten I think that that we're being watched for sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's it's you know you know that old saying a watch pot never boils. I feel mm-hmm. like we're the watch pot, and and the the at some point in time there will be a shift, and I don't think it will be total destruction. I think that at some point in time consciousness. Or enough people will will have the level of awareness that, that they drag everyone else with them. But I, I do feel that that we're not going to boil over. I do feel that we are going to find that peace, that sense of of, of brotherhood, for want of a better word. I, I think it will come. But mm-hmm. but I you know I I don't think we're there yet. But I think it will come. And and it's it's uh, I I don't know what it's going to take, but but I do feel that it will happen. I don't think that the purpose of the planet and all of the spirits that are on the planet is is you know we're not the garbage heap. We're not Gehenna. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's 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 a matter of struggling to find the right direction and enough of us are struggling so that you know i think more people today are trying to find that light trying to find that that peacefulness that trying to find that that direction to go so that so that so that you know let's face it years and years ago we would have been burned at the stake now we're not burned at the stake anymore so um mm-hmm. I, I i think that it's not a matter of hammering in it into people's minds. It, it is a matter of getting information out there so people can find it, and once they find it, then apply it to their own lives. I think that will happen, and mm-hmm. I, I do believe it, I do believe it is happening in places. It's just not fast enough for me. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, it's just a lot of interference, but not from us. It's just the uh... 
You know, there's a lot yeah. of static here. Let's put it that way on this row. A lot of static. Well, maybe the static is put there in order for us to struggle to find the light. Well, I guess you can come up with all kinds of stories as far as why it's there. I find that it's not supposed to be there. That's my point. And just like, you know, oh, well, we're not being burned. I guess we'd be grateful we're not being burned as witches or whatever. Well, that shouldn't have gone on either. Once again, they made an error. Social engineering has created this output that's inexcusable on a cosmic scale. So none of that stuff should have gone. We shouldn't be saying, oh, well, thank goodness it's not like that anymore. Well, it shouldn't have been like that to begin with is my point. And, and that's the biggest thing I look at is like, wow, you know, if they think that that was okay back then, and even that's just something, that's just one little thing. But I was just saying this has been generations and generations of weird and a lot of strange witch hunts and, and volatile polarization that is really not acceptable in any form. So, and it's still going on. But I think you're right, it will neutralize itself. I know we're going to run out of time here in a moment. Uh, I, yeah, we, we're, we're real close to the end here. So, <laughs> uh, again, you know, past lives have brought us to a, an unusual conclusion here. Uh, <laughs> it's your turn next. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. I'll come up with yeah. something. Okay, and and you fun. want to let people know where they can find you? Oh, of course. Well, I'm over. Where am I? I'm over there on Facebook. But my shows are over there on Revolution Radio. I have uh, Raven Stars Witching Hour Saturday night, so it'll be night Eastern Time, nine Pacific. And I have Hyperspace Dark Files now, which is over there. It's actually Hyperspace Night Files, I've called it. And that's on um, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio A on Revolution Radio on Friday nights. And with you once a month with Neon Twilight. We have our wonderful discussions yeah. on all different realms. That's so been great. Well, we, we will solve the problem. You know, we'll, we'll find... We'll, We'll solve all the problems of the world. Just hopeful people will listen to us. <laughs> I think we do solve quite a bit, actually. It's been a great show, yes. always, with you, Barbara. Well, it's it's a delight, actually, to have you on on Nightlight on Neon Tw- Leon Twilight on Nightlight because it it does bring a whole another realm of insight and and frequency into what we're putting out there. So it's a it's a very mm-hmm. exciting thing for me. And, of course, getting a chance to sit and talk to you for two hours is just, you know, it's it's the coolest thing ever for me. Well, likewise. I look forward to our monthly gathering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, we we still, let's see, so for February, the last show is the 24th. Mm-hmm. I think, okay. I think, no, wait, no, wait, it's the 25th. I'm looking at, like, calendars, they should they should standardize them where they put Saturday and Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. The 25th is the, is the next show. So I look forward to seeing you then and talking to you then. And thank you so much for, for doing this with, with me. It's so much fun. Oh, well, likewise. Thank you, Barbara. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you, Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Mark, yes. <laughs> good night now. And good night, everybody. Thank you for With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.